The ABC's word wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rolly Sussex. Yes, he's here. The ABC's word wizard, Rolly Sussex, OAM Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland. And he is here willing and able to talk with you about words, language and linguistics. one 300 is the number you can call. That's one 300 Angela Merkel, Angela, I should say, is reopening Germany and so, fittingly, Professor, you'd like to talk about German words in everyday English. Good afternoon. Guten Tag, gnädige Frau. Yeah. <laughs> there and, you go. And that is the extent of my German ability. Although I think I can say, my, my husband did once try to teach me how to say that the um, ATM machine was swallowing my card, but geschluckt is all I can remember and I think that swallows. Yep, and that that's pretty good too. It's a nice onomatopoeic word. German is a, is a fantastic language. There's 83 million Germans in Europe. They're the biggest single country in the EU. And they've got a language which is related to English. Germanic is the, the, the proto-language. And lots and lots of things, when you know how to look at it, are similar between English and German. And we've, we've actually borrowed quite a lot of German words, although recently they've borrowed a lot more of ours. Um, things like kindergarten, for example. Now, kind, K-I-N-D, is a child, and garden we know is a garden, so a kindergarten is just a garden for children. And... Things like that, you know, made up of two pieces, two words glued together. Uh, there are many, many, many of these in German. I've got a monster of 80 letters to recite to you at the end. Wow. Um, just to keep you going. Okay. Uh, I always love kindergarten, the idea that there is a garden filled with children. But it doesn't yeah. really mean, does it then, what we take that word to mean? Well, a kindergarten is, is the, the Germans invented the word and it was a garden. It was a place where children could come together for play and instruction. And so the, you know, the, the, the name was, was created to, to be an area where children would come. And it's kind of, you know, gone, gone international. I rather like it. But before we go any further, mm. um, people get mixed up in, in German because there's a place called Vienna. And in German, its name is W-I-E-N. And there's a whole lot of wine in Germany, which is W-E-I-N. And how do you know what to pronounce when it's W-E-I and W-I-E? And uh, the wine one is Wein, and Vienna is Wien. Oh. And the easy answer is, take the second of the two letters, the I and the E, and pronounce it the way you would in English, and that's your answer. So Vienna, W-E-I, sorry, W-I-E-N, E, so Wien, but wine, W-E-I-N, the I gives you Wein. And that works re uh, absolutely regularly right across German, and it gets you out of a lot of trouble. I'm glad, <laughs> because I would expect to be in no end of trouble if I ever tried to uh, speak German. But let's let's stay then with um, some of the other interesting observations. Words and things. Yes, yeah, right. because we've got right. kindergarten. Uh, we had a wonderful word, and you helped me pronounce it last week for our ISO bingo game, uh, Schadenfreude. So I've clearly yes. taken down that lesson and managed to pronounce it beautifully, well haven't I, this afternoon? <coughs> you have, yeah. What else? Schade, as we, we saw last week, was, was damage or distress, and Freude is joy, so Schadenfreude is joy in the misfortune of others. 
And English has never got around to inventing a word for that, so we borrowed the German one, which was there and ready-made. And there are, there are literally thousands more like that. Um, the most common recent borrowing from German is the word Uber. Oh, of course. And Uber, of course, means over in German. And if you look at it, over, Uber, they, they are related uh, you know, hundreds of years ago. And so you, you get Uber in relation to transport, in relation to um, restaurant deliveries and so on. But Uber means over and something is really Uber, meaning it's, uh, it's excessive or too much or whatever. That's taken root in English as well. And so there's a bit of two-way traffic going on, but I must say that most of it is from us to the Germans rather than the other way around. Hmm, interesting. You want some more? Yes, please. If you go on a hiking trip, you will have on your back a rucksack. All right, and that's just a back bag. Rück is back and Zack is a bag, so it's a back bag. And this one is, again, something which has come over with the sporting area uh, from, from Germany. We've got probably the biggest single one is food, though. Uh, bratwurst. Wurst is a sausage. So bratwurst and, and strudel, which is or apfelstrudel, schnitzels and um, lager, the beer, and mosel, the wine, and gewürztraminer, which we normally say is gewürz, um, and frankfurters and hamburgers. Now, frankfurter means someone from Frankfurt, and hamburger is someone from Hamburg. And these names were really invented in America, not in, in Germany at all. The word delicatessen, uh, delicate and essen, so delicate eating, uh, that's the place where you get um, things like cheeses and smoked meats and what have you. Um, and sauerkraut, now this is a good one, it just literally means sour cabbage. Kraut is a cabbage, so sour cabbage. And the lovely thing about German is that when you come across a word, you can very often break it down into its component parts and work out what it means. So, for example, F-E-R-N, S-E-H-E-N. Fern is far, and S-E-H-E-N, Zen, is to see. So a far-seeing, and that's the German word for a TV. I see. Well, Professor Rolly Sussex, your guest on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland, focusing this afternoon on the German language. And, I mean, Rolly, there are plenty of people who would like to have a word in your ear. Um, I did just want to come to something that I noticed uh, the Times talking about, the use of a German word which was particularly long and fairly... Uh, precise, it seems, and again, quite unique mm -hmm. to the German language. Why is it that that there are words in the German language that just cannot be replicated? And do we have any like that in English? Um, there are some like Schadenfreude, which we probably could replicate if we used lots of words. You know, joy in the misfortune of others, joy in the misfortune of others. Six words as against Germans, one. So you can almost always translate things from one language to another if you've got enough words to do it with. The fact of German is that they simply join words together in one. For example, the, the other day Angela Merkel was talking about an Öffnungsdiskussion Orgien. Yes, which that was the word. I'm so glad that, you pronounced it because I couldn't. All right. Okay. Well, Öffnung, Öffnen is to open. All right. And Diskussion is a discussion and Orgie is an orgy. So it was an orgy of discussions about opening up. In other words, were they going to relax the lock? lock in uh, the lockdown uh, conditions for people living in Germany. Not really very long for German, relatively speaking. 
they can beat that hands down without even asking. And they're used to unpicking the bits of words and working out what they mean. In English, for example, rather than um, doing something like far seeing for, for television, we borrowed tele and vision. The tele bit comes from Greek, that means far, and the vision bit comes from Latin, and that means seeing. So, piece for piece, fern, zen, tele, vision. It's actually the same word, but we've chosen different bits to borrow into English, and English is the ultimate mongrel like this. Indeed. ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Thank you so much, Professor. Uh, having a word in your ear this afternoon, Professor Rolly Sussex, one three hundred triple two six twelve. our phone number. Uh, Jim at Tanamera would like to have a word in your ear. Rolly, day, Jim. G'day, how's it going? Yeah, good, Nate. What would you like to say? Uh, a bit of homework. Rolly was, I expect he may well done, about the origins of budgie smugglers. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, the place I go to for these, and I, I do recommend this, is a brilliant dictionary of Australian colloquial language. It's called Stunned Mullets and Two-Pot Screamers and is by Jeffrey, Jerry Wilkes, W-I-L-K-E-S. And um, budgie smugglers turned up in 2002. It's actually pretty recent in the Sydney Morning Herald, and from that point it, it seems to have really gone right across the language. Um, and it's uh, the speedos, the, uh, the very brief swimming trunks, which have become internationally worn by competitive swimmers. And the idea was that uh, the uh, speedos, as it were, concealed something that might even suggest a budgie. And that's, that's where it, it came from, and now we've got a date as well. Well, I heard another version, if you're interested. Is it pronounceable on air? Oh, yes, of course, yes. Okay, all right. Um, I understand it was first used by the comedian John Clark, ah, right? Yeah. And there was a guy busted at immigration in Auckland that actually had pockets sewn into his underpants smuggling birds. Goodness. And then from that, I understand John Clark christened that as, hey, budgie smugglers. Mm. And okay. Where that came from. This, this is probably a folk etymology. Etymology is where a word comes from, and a folk etymology is one which could be plausible, but you need to find the, the actual historical record to prove it. And um, as far as Wilkes is concerned, and he's done a huge amount of work on this, um, the, the one from the, the Sydney Morning Herald and Speedos is the one that actually um, stands up with dates and everything else, and we've got references to the um, the actual person it referred to. So th there are quite a few beautiful folk etymologies around, and they add a lot of colour to the language, but I'm afraid this one is not supported by the authorities. Jim, thank you very much. Rolling for the homework, thank you. Miranda is on the Sunshine Coast. G'day, Miranda. Hello, how are you? Good, go ahead. Well, um... During COVID-19, we don't have as much interchange with people face-to-face, -face, but we do text a lot. So I found it was very easy to um, find some unique letters that would talk about before COVID-19, during COVID-19, and after COVID-19, instead of always having to type before this catastrophe's over, you know, blah, 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 blah. So yes. I've, I've gone into my phone and done an auto-text, and I just write the letters in BC, and it doesn't mean before Christ, it types out before COVID-19, DC, during COVID-19, and AC doesn't mean air conditioner, it means after <laughs> COVID-19. Okay. And this so is a nice way of forcing your phone to say something other than what's expected. Exactly. And it saves me typing out all the time, oh, 
before COVID-19, this didn't happen, or, you know, before all this pandemic, you just write BC and people know what they're talking about. It types out to be C19, and people, I've already taught everybody with a little picture before what my abbreviations mean, and it saves me time. I love Excellent. that. Excellent. I must do this with the, my, the dictation software that I use on my computer, <laughs> because at the moment if I say BC, it just writes BC or occasionally before Christ. Um, and this is actually a way of marking a historic moment, isn't it? Suddenly this thing becomes so important that we've got to adjust the language, and we hope that in due course it will recede in memory and we won't be thinking about we're AC after all. That'll go back to being air conditioners. Miranda, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. We'll keep moving this afternoon. Lots of you wanting to have a chat with Professor Rolly Sussex, your guest on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. It's a quarter to two. My name is Kat and Rex is in Rockhampton. G'day Rex, go ahead. Hi mate. Just got a little anagram for you, Rolly. Yes. Concerning the coronavirus. Go on. I've found, because I do a few crosswords, carnivorous. Yes. Just a bit on the lighter side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Carnivorous normally means meat eating. Yeah, so this is this is carnivorous. Go on. Yeah, well, coronavirus is an anagram. Corona, carnivorous. Yes, corona. Carnivorous. I see. Clever lad. Well Thank done. you, Rex. Right. Very Corona. clever indeed this afternoon. Ken in Kangaroo Point. Go ahead. Good day. Good afternoon, Kat. Good afternoon, Rolly. Uh, my word is. Uh, mixture of uh, coronavirus and idiot and it is COVID-idiot and it relates to people <laughs> or too yep. much toilet paper, stand too close together, sneeze on one another, they're COVID-idiots. Uh, th this one has started to pop up in various places on the internet. I haven't seen it. That's fabulous. You, you haven't. It is. It is very good. And you're dead right. It, it is a. It's. It's actually called a blend because, you know, you've got the cove bit and then the idiot. You put them together to make a new word. And there were certain behaviours. There are certain behaviours, um, in uh, during this weird period where people are showing, a behaviour which is not necessarily very rational. That's a great word. Yeah. That's brilliant. Good on you, Ken. Thank you very much. Just briefly, there's been a crash on the Gateway Motorway southbound. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but there's been a crash on the Gateway Motorway southbound. That's at Boondall. Police are urging motorists to avoid the area if at all possible. If you're out and about and you see something that you think should be shared with your fellow listener, 04679 That is the text line. Professor Rolly Sussex with you. My name is Kat. Chris is at Wavell. G'day, Chris. Oh, hi. My question for Rolly, words that describe what people do, why do some end in ER and others end in OR? Ah, okay. The the ER ones are very often from French, where they were E U R like auteur, A U T E U R as an author, and sometimes the um, they're they're borrowed from Latin, where they tend to be O R. Now that that works for quite a few, but not for all by any means. And whether they're E R or O R often depends on just the way English spelling has decided to go. If in doubt, try and work out if it's French or Latin, and that will help you like administrator, you know, we get that from Latin ultimately. Uh, but it won't always work, and I'm afraid there are thousands of, of exceptions. It wouldn't work with author, would it? No, it wouldn't work with author. <laughs> That's part of the problem. <laughs> Good observation, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Kieran in Bowen. Hello, Kieran. What would you like to say to Professor Rolly Sussex? Good afternoon, guys. Um, 
Last week you made a mention about educated English language uh, in discussion with one of the words, and that got me thinking back to my university days. I was the subject of uh, educated English language snobbery because I, yes. I I left high school young and then went back to university as a mature age student. And I had a professor who obviously knew that there was something different about myself. So he got me to read a passage out of um, one of the journals and uh, come up with the word synecdoche. Oh, yes. Of course, I'd never come up against this word again. So I pronounced it synodoche, thinking yeah. it was Italian. And, uh, you know, he goes, excuse me, can you say that again? And, uh, you know, it really embarrassed me. And um, then, of course, came back to another word, uh, hyperbole. And, of course, I'd never come across that. Yeah. But I now, I now say that uh, if I really want to exaggerate, I wouldn't use hyperbole. I'd use hyperbole. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, it would be funny, yeah. And actually, one of our senior politicians in about a decade ago used hyperbole. And it has been also heard from a number of very senior American politicians from time to time. Um, uh, the synecdoche is, is when a whole represents, uh, you know, a part represents the whole. Like, uh, you know, English lost by six, England lost by six wickets. And it's not England the country, but it's the English team. And that, that is synecdoche. And you're quite right, these are very... Um, very, I don't know. They, they they tend to show people they know words or not. Um, but hyperbole, uh, of course, there is a Super Bowl in America, so they talk about the hyperbole and make a little joke about football. Yeah, so I guess for me, the um, the test, I guess, as um, to be able to tell how educated an individual might be by using these sorts yeah. of words, uh, is that something which uh, you may see or not? so much nowadays because there are so many words that are mispronounced in the media and in public and in um, classrooms and so on that I think we're less sensitive than we used to be about the precise pronunciation of certain things which was meant to be accepted and in lots and lots of words like say cigarette and cigarette people aren't sure where to put the put the stress and there's a lot of variation in pronunciation in English at the moment I thought it was a bit unfair of your professor actually to dump synecdoche on you without that forewarning um, because these are things which if you happen to have come across it you know if you happen to have not come across it you can no, expose yourself to a bit of ridicule. But nowadays, people are doing that a lot less. I think that's good. Yeah, I must admit, then another um, consequence is that by working with those more educated than myself, I've now started to say secretary rather than secretary. So, Ah, yes. And again, with English, there's a whole range of pronunciations from secretary uh, to secretary, and all sorts of things in between, depending on where you are, who you're talking to. I find that my English actually varies depending on the company I'm in. Mine does, certainly. I uh, get all swearsy when I'm in a newsroom, but uh, I'm not in a newsroom right now, thank goodness, and uh, taking your calls this afternoon with Professor Rolly Sussex on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. It is about five minutes to two uh, news at two o'clock. Uh, before the news, though, let's bring in Peter on the Sunshine Coast. Hello, Peter. Hello, Kat. Hello, Rolly. Uh, Peter, just turn your radio down in the background because we'll get a really tricky echo if what you're saying then bounces back at you and then we pick it up again in the background of your phone call. Um, Peter, go ahead. Yes, uh, Rolly, um, just uh, on, on the academic um, uh, theme again, uh, the, the, uh, you see the word uh, university crop up uh, 
almost yes. locally in various forms of um, of its, um, whether it's in Portugal or it's in, you know, Western, even even some of the Chinese uh, and uh, Asian countries mm-hmm. have universities. The origin of university, is that Latin or is that... Um, it's it's Latin and it, it's it's relating to universal and so on, which means something which is is you know covered it covers everything. Um, right. Not every language has the word university. In in Chinese, it is dashui, which means big school, mm-hmm. and uh, in some parts of the what used to be Yugoslavia, it's it's a chilishche, which is a uh, an every everything studying, which picks up the idea of universal, meaning you know covering everything again. Right. So, okay. okay. And, and it originated uh, before the Middle Ages, I think. Oh yes. Uh, but the, the the first university of all was in Bologna, in I think the eighth or uh, the ninth or tenth century, so that it's well over a thousand years old. Wow. Okay. Thanks, Rowie. Okay. Thank you, Peter. Peter at the Sunshine Coast. Peter is also in the Gap. Different Peter, I expect, not in two places at once. G'day, Peter yeah. of the Gap. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, Rowley, the original Germans that came to Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Spoke a language called the Barossa Deutsch. Yes. They passed it on to their children, but the average German doesn't understand it because it's no. not their language. No. Barossa Deutsch, the Deutsch word is, is the German word for German, but it's, it's actually related to Dutch. And if you think about it, the two words have got a lot of sounds in common. Barossa Deutsch was, were a series of dialects spoken by the German settlers who first turned up in the Barossa. And in fact, there was another sort. Um, of German spoken in the Lockyer Valley, which has persisted really quite quite well. And there are studies of these dialects, which are still available, particularly in older people nowadays in the Barossa. And um, Germany is very, very rich in dialects. Um, it's also spoken, of course, in Switzerland and Austria uh, and other places, so that uh, if you come from, say, Bavaria, you may well not understand someone from North Germany unless they're speaking actual standard German. Thank you, Rowley. Okay. Thank you. Can, can I slip in a couple of unexpected ones? Oh, of course. Slip in anything you like, Professor. Aspirin and heroin. Okay. Aspirin was discovered in Germany in the late 19th century, and it actually is formed from as, sorry, as, acetylated salicylic acid. <laughs> um, that's where you get, you get it from. But heroin is even more interesting. It was um, put on the market by Bayer in 1900, and they called it heroin because it made you feel like a hero, hero in. Ah. And they marketed it as a, a, a non-addictive cough suppressant. And they were wrong on all counts. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Fairly addictive, I suppose. <laughs> Professor Rolly Sussex with you every Thursday afternoon on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. I've got one for you too, courtesy of the local manager of ABC yes. Radio Brisbane, Rolly. Uh, for your Corona-19 dictionary, how about yeah. quarantinis? Experimental cocktails oh. mixed from whatever random ingredients you have left in the house. They're sipped at locktail hour, one o'clock during lockdown. And uh, Corona Dose, which is an overdose of bad news from consuming too much media during a time of crisis. It can result in a panic-demic. Oh, very clever. <laughs> All right. 
I've written all of those down. Thank you very much Jolly for enriching good. the vocabulary. Excellent. Thank you, uh, Mr. Simon Scoble. And thanks to you for your calls and contributions to the program this afternoon. Uh, we couldn't get through everybody's calls, but don't worry, Rolly will be back with you at this time next week. That is half past one, Thursday afternoon, ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Coming up to two o'clock now, we're a couple of minutes away from the news, in fact. Professor, time for your last word, I believe. Okay, this is the German version of the Association of Subordinate Officials of the Head Office Management of the Danube Steamboat Electrical Services, in English, which is 80 letters in German, and it is one word, oh, Donau, Dampschiff, Fahrtselektrizitäten, Hauptbetriebswert, Bau, Unterbeamtengesellschaft. Don't ask me to do it again. But backwards, five times, <laughs> in a hurry. Professor, always a pleasure, an absolute delight to have your company on the program. Thank you so very much for this afternoon. My pleasure, Kat. I'll be back next week. ABC Radio. On your radio, on your mobile and online 24-7.